It is Thursday, June 8th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Denver Nuggets take game three of the NBA Finals. And go Knights go. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Jokic has an incredible game three nuggets. Take the series lead. Messi in Miami? Crazy. And game three of the Stanley Cup final tonight. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll start with the NBA Finals. Jokic has himself a night as the Nuggets defeat the Heat 109-94. Jokic finishes with 32 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. The first player to have a 30-point, 20-rebound, 10-assist game in the NBA Finals. It's his third career 30-20-10 playoff game of any kind. There has only been two other 30-20-10 games in NBA postseason history, one by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one by Wilt Chamberlain. So good company, you're saying? Yeah. Those are pretty good players. Mackenzie, you you follow. Well, Wilt Chamberlain's overrated. But you follow both the game more 15. closely they're than us. Like These guys are pretty good, right? <laughs> Is I think Nicole Jokic right now is better than Will Chamberlain all time. There I said it. Wow, big balls. Will Chamberlain balls. scored 17 points per 36 minutes in the playoffs. Look it up. Way overrated. LeBron esque, but Nicole Jokic he's the real deal. Jamal Murray finished with 34 points, 10 boards, 10 dimes for a triple double as well. Jokic and Murray, the first teammates in NBA history, regular season or playoffs, to each record a 30-point triple-double in the same game. They're the first teammates to each have 30 points and 10 assists in the same playoff game since Clyde Drexler and Terry Porter in 1992. That's wild. I would not have guessed that. No, No, I would not have guessed that either. But we keep mentioning it every single game, the historic performance by Jokic. By the way, he has scored exactly 100 points in the NBA Finals so far. Fifth player to have 100 or more points in his first three career NBA Finals games. I mean, why don't you just give the guy the trophy? (laughs) Well, they have to win the series first because, uh, yes, Jokic will be the MVP if the Nuggets are able to finish this off. But, McKenzie, when you see the Nuggets play the way that they did last night, the 109-94 win, you had shifted gears prior to this game saying, you know, Miami's got a real chance. They could win this series. But we also talked about the adjustments that were going to be made and adjustments on top of adjustments. Yeah, It looked like the Nuggets made the better adjustments. I mean, results are what they are. I'm not sure if they didn't just double down on this is a two-man team and Jokic and Murray are going to carry us the way. Michael Porter Jr., two points, one for seven. He's supposed to be their third best player. Aaron Gordon, also quiet night. Uh, It actually looked a lot like game two matchup-wise. The Nuggets just played better, hit their shots, and the Heat didn't. Yeah, Michael Porter, only two points. I thought he was going to go over um, 0 for 2 from three-point range. I thought he would shoot way more than two three-pointers. The Nuggets only hit five threes. I mean, that is a scary stat for the Heat because it's not like they're going to hit less than five threes going forward. Uh, But their two-man game and the getting in the paint actually worked. How much of this is on the way the Nuggets, or excuse me, the way the Heat shot? 37% from the field. Is that's tough to fade. Thirty-one percent from three. We we said, hey, if the Heat make threes, right. they can win. He didn't make threes last night. I mean, they made volume was there. The the uh, I guess the the percentage was was off, but everybody in the starting five shot under fifty percent from the field. Uh, Struess one of seven. Jimmy Butler eleven of twenty-four. Adebayo two or seven of twenty-one. Although he did get his points, rebounds, assists. Let's go. Gabe Vincent, two of ten, dreadful. Like there was just nobody making shots for the Heat. Was this an off night for Miami, or was this the Nuggets figuring something out? I think it was more the Nuggets. I mean, it doesn't seem like a coincidence that they called out effort, and then it was their best defensive performance of the playoffs. I mean, it's a little bit unlucky to go eleven for thirty-five, but I don't. I, I think it's more about the Nuggets' defense. 
probably uh, at this point, what are they, minus 1,200 to win the series? Malone's words carried weight. Well, and Malone, even late in the game with a big lead, like you could tell he wanted to yeah. he wanted to establish something. Like he wanted to Which pissed to, me off as a as a heat fourth quarter better. I'm like, just oh, call it quits. Brutal. Why is Jokic in the game with five minutes left? Jokic but, didn't sit at all in the second half. Forty four minutes. Yeah. yeah, he like you could tell that he wanted to make a statement. He, and I don't think it was like make a statement to the fans, like people are doubting him or the media. Right. I think it was more make a statement to his team. Like, hey, we play ball for forty eight minutes. Yeah. And you you finish these games. Let's go. And I think the message was was received. This was a complete effort by the Nuggets. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it. I think all of us lost a little on the uh the fourth quarter because and and by the way, I had already I was already like counting money. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is cash. This right. is good." Uh but and Udonis Haslam waved his hand from the bench. <laughs> oh, I want to get some action. Yeah, let me let me get in, coach. Uh but it it felt like the Nuggets said, "Hey, we're not we're not taking off the gas pedal here." And I I don't know if that is like a is something that is going to carry over to Game Four, Game Five, Game Six, whatever. But it certainly was, I think, a real factor for the Nuggets last night. And how important was that win last night? Well, eighty percent of teams that win Game Three after the series is tied one one have gone on to win the NBA Finals. That's a shocking number. I would imagine it's even higher for a, for a team that has a home court advantage again. Oh, that's an interesting way of isolating it. But, yeah, this just says 80% is the win after going up two games to one after being tied 1-1. What do we have looking at game four in Miami for tomorrow night, McKenzie? So all the money came in on Denver last night and moved to three. Game four, Nuggets minus three and a half. So improvement, upgrade for the Nuggets. The total is two ten and a half. Major downgrade from the game three total. What's the the current series price now that it's a two one series? Nuggets minus. I mean, this is one book. Nuggets minus twelve hundred. Heat plus seven fifty. But if wow. you want to bet, uh, the Nuggets DraftKings has what Nuggets minus eight hundred. You said? yeah, that sounds like or, a bargain compared to these odds. Or Jokic minus seven fifty. That sounds like a bargain to yeah. win the MVP. I, honestly, if if he got hurt and missed games four and five, I think he'd win the MVP. Like he's that far ahead. I think we're safe with our bet there. Yeah, I think it was so such well. an incredible performance last night. No yeah, doubt. I mean, it it was as someone who was mostly backing the under and really only care, I didn't care. I didn't have a side. I, like all of my investment was on the, the Heat fourth quarter and first half under, full game under, and Bam Adebayo having success. I was still getting frustrated watching Jokic do what he did because I was like, this guy's going to make the game go over. <laughs> like, if they can't figure something out, this guy's going to make the game go over by himself. They've got to do something with this guy. Just a, an absolutely dominant performance. And th there were people after game two saying, well, they, they took away part of his game. They, they made him have to be just a scorer. Well, last night you saw that was the, the complete arsenal of Jokic. Yeah. And... I'm still – I know it's been like four years of this now, but it still blows my mind watching that guy and saying, that's the best player in the NBA, that guy. Mm -hmm. He is the best. It, Mr. Flip-Flop. He plays like he has flip-flops on. but uh, socks. Exactly. You know, socks it's funny. And slides. It's exactly, Jokic. <laughs> it's funny. I remember there was a time when – like during – this was probably 10 years ago now when Curry was really becoming a star, and people were like, Curry's a big star because kids at home can see themselves becoming Steph Curry. Like it if, doesn't matter how little you are. Yeah, you your shoot, size doesn't yeah. matter. If you go shoot a thousand shots a day in the backyard, you can one day be Steph Curry. You can't ever be Shaq. Like normal people can't be mm -hmm. that. Normal people can't be LeBron James. You can't like most guys can't be six foot nine and move the way LeBron moves. I, I know most people can't be seven foot tall. But there's a lot of guys who play at 24-hour fitness who look at Jokic and go, you know what, I got, I can do that. I you got that move. You can be 290. I got Put that your move. mind to it. By the way, my favorite thing that happened this week. have a couple week, more. Do you know what Jokic reminds me of? It, it's, like, it's like looking at Tyson Fury and being like, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the that's baddest, the baddest man, man on the planet. planet. Yep. Like, that's that. Like, when, you, when, when, I, when, when I watched Fury Wilder, it's like, wait, that guy, meaning Wilder, 
is clearly going to kick the shit out of that guy, meaning out of shape, tubby Tyson Fury. By the way, I'm not saying that. You think you're in great shape, Tyson, if you're listening <laughs> to this podcast. Nothing but love for you. Um, please don't hurt me. Don't eat me. <laughs> the guile. But, no, but, the guile, the skill, it really matters. But doesn't Jokic's body, like his body, doesn't it look like Tyson Fury? Like just like a big but like out of shape kind of guy that has incredible athleticism? One of my 44 fa- minutes in the NBA Finals. <laughs> One of my favorite things that happened in NBA media this week was Stephen A. Smith calling Jokic a fat slob. <laughs> I missed that. He said that. He said that. While he was on set with Brian Windhorst, <laughs> so like if he, if I'm at, doing a, doing a no, I love Wendy. I love his first take. Doing your Stephen A. voice. Now this Jokic, he's a fat slob. Do that, <laughs> and then like just imagine Brian Windhorst sitting there going, "What the? What, what's, this, what's he think about me? Like this is like I know as soon as he got to say, he's like that fucking Stephen A. This asshole." Why am I doing this show? I hate Stephen A. Number one. Number one, 10 years. Yeah. Stephen A is great because he's got like two voices. He's got like the low Stephen A voice, like when he gets real serious about something. But now, then, now that, this is the time. Yeah, but then, but then it's the screaming A. Then it's yeah. the Nicola Yoke. Here's the guy. That? That was, that was, play with fire when you say his name in that voice. It's, Nicola Yoke. Uh, be careful. You know, when he gets all excited, I'm supposed to believe this is the best play in the NBA. <laughs> Let me tell you. He's the <laughs> I've seen players that are in much better shape than this brother. And they don't got the skill that he's got. <laughs> it is wild. Uh, but listen, this was it, like if there's any questions, which I don't think there should be at this point. But I, I I believe there are. If there's any questions that Jokic is now like the elite of the elite in the NBA, games like assuming they win the series, and and again you just gave the the stats, they're staggering actually to be up two to one, and those yeah. are the numbers, the for the the odds. If if they go on and win this series on the back of play like he had in Game Three, like there's it's undeniable, and and you're like we've seen it before though, like. Larry Bird doesn't look like he should be that good at basketball. Like he just doesn't. He he's he's not got Charles Barkley should never have been as good as Charles Barkley was at basketball. Sneaky 6-4 Charles Barkley. Yeah, but so there are guys who historically have done this. Like Jokic is putting his name at the top of that list, which is crazy to think, but he is certainly cementing his his name as a an all-time great. So going back to this series now, are we doing Miami a discredit by counting them out? Yes. Because they've been in this Par for the course. They've been in this before. Remember, they lost the first playoff game. They were down to the Bulls in the second play-in game. They lost three straight to the Celtics when everyone thought they were collapsing and they were going to become the first team ever to blow a 3-0 series lead. And... They got blown out in game one (laughs) and then come back and win game two. So to say that this series is over or 80% over, I think is maybe like, I don't know, a little unfair to Miami given what we've seen from this team. They were so dominant at home early in these playoffs. I think they started out 6-0 and and now they're 6-3. and They've lost their last three home games. That's worrisome. Um, But I, I do think that... If you if you look at go back to the beginning of the series, Nuggets the one seed, Heat the eight seed. This should be a blowout, right? If you told the Miami Heat after Game Four it will be two games to two, would Eric Spolster say, "I'll take that"? Hundred percent. I think the answer is yes. Yep. So to say like we should count them out or the series is over, I think is absurd because I think the Heat are live once again in Game Four and. The I, it, now, if they lose game four, I think it's over. It, it, I agree. But if they win game four and they've split the first four games, they're absolutely in this series and probably feeling better than they felt going into the series. You know, like sure. they, they, they feel like, man, we've we've accomplished something here. We just split four games with the best team in the Western Conference. We All we've got to do is win two out of the next three. I, I, I do think that anybody who's riding the heat off yet is is a little bit early to the party. And you mentioned they lost their last three home games. They lost their last three home games of the 2022 playoffs as well. So 
Step it up, South Beach. You got to get there. You got to cheer for your team. But the 91% odds that FanDuel has projected a little bit less at DraftKings does seem obsessive. It seems like plus 750 is the way to go. You know, we, if, uh, if you had to bet it, we, we talked about that first quarter and how key it would be and whether or not one team could, could pull away or not. And, it, of course, it ends 24-24, so it, 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 none of it – nobody pulled away. But Under. Yeah, it was an under for, for certain. But we said if the Heat can get up – I felt like if the Heat could be up five points at the end of the first quarter, they were going to win the game. I felt like if the Nuggets yep. came out and, and ran them in the first quarter, it was going to be it was going to be hard for them to catch up to. So the fact that it was 24-24 at the end of one kind of threw all that conversation out the window. Uh, but – after the first quarter, it felt like these teams weren't quite on the same level, and that's maybe maybe a credit to Mike Malone and and like I said, the intensity that he kind of he forced onto his onto his guys. I mean, I still look at the Heat as a team that should be eight point dogs to the best teams in the league on the road. Like I I, I don't they are as as the market as has them assessed. They've just like done the impossible over and over again. I'm not gonna like you, say they can't do it again. When you say that, but you the say Nuggets that. are just way more talented. Do you say that as like a group of players written exactly. down on a piece of paper? Exactly, exactly that. But how much of that accounts? How much are you accounting for the fact that the Heat have been to these NBA Finals before? A lot. The I fact, mean, that's why I didn't bet the Nuggets max bet minus two and a half. The fact that the Spolstra is, we all think, I think the better coach in this situation. I think all those things have to be in, accounted for. You're right. If you just if this was 2K, right, right and right. you were just putting the rosters on the screen you'd go oh like the nuggets are a 93 and the heat are an 86 like this is a, a lopsided matchup but that's not how real basketballs play like there's other things taken into account but last night looked like the nuggets were the more experienced team and it looked like when things started to go awry for the heat they sort of melted um there were so many shots at the rim where either Butler or Adebayo, and I hate, I hate that I've got to shit on Adebayo because he made me some Seven money. Seven for 21. He made shit me some on. money last night. <laughs> but I do have to because it seemed like he was just – he and Butler both did this several times, went into the lane and just, like, threw the basketball over their head and hoped that they were going to get a whistle. And whistles weren't coming. They were letting them play last night. And it, it just it, – it felt like – when, when that's your game plan – it feels like you're crossing your fingers and hoping, which is not a great sign. Adebayo, 5 for 14 within three feet of the bucket. That's that's as bad as you can imagine. So, Heat plus three and a half? <laughs> it's, the, it's the only way I would look. Uh, the, I, I, McKenzie said something like the drastic adjustment in the under bums me out. because right. I, I, I want to get back on that train? I was hoping it would be like 113 and a half, and I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll take one more swipe at the under. They've adjusted the number to the point where well, I'm not really interested in that. In fact, I like I'm starting to to maybe like the over at that number. That that's a, a massive, massive adjustment. It feels like. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this te- these teams average 230 points facing each other in the regular season. Maybe the playoffs docks 10 points for that. Maybe even 15. But 20 and a half points difference seems like a seems like too much of an adjustment. So I would I would only look at the over. Game three of the Stanley Cup final is tonight in South Florida. The Florida Panthers hosting our Vegas Golden Knights. And the Panthers are minus 120 favorites. The total is up to six. And it's even minus 110 both ways. I think Florida, obviously, I think, I know, is playing with desperation. You lose the first two games. Clearly, you are playing with desperation. I think there's a correlation between Florida and the under. That if Florida wins the game or is going to have a chance to win the game, they have to limit Vegas' scoring. It has to be a low-scoring game. Sergey Bobrovsky has to get back to being playoff Bob like he was this entire postseason. And Vegas can't get out to the amazing starts and have these long streaks of goals that they've been having. I mean, Vegas has scored 12 goals this this series already. Florida's only scored four. So if the if if there's any chance for Florida to win this game, it's going to have to be low scoring. And so that's the way that I look at this um, at at this series and this game in particular. Do you like the six and a half under minus one thirty five available? Yes. 
That's better than the six? Yeah. I feel like that cashes. You know? Yeah, that's better than the six. I mean, we talk about defying expectations. Yeah, I mean, Vegas continues to defy expectations. Vegas has scored 12 goals this series. They've only been expected to score seven. Florida has scored four goals this se- this series. They've been expected to score seven. Really? So, yeah. So, and well, I mean, that Aiden Hill save in game one alone is an expected goal. <laughs> right, right. 1.0 goal. You know, that, that literally is one expected goal. When the goalie reaches over with his stick, and makes a save on a shot that goes in 98 out of 100 times. Yeah, uh, that was pretty fluky. But Sergei Bobrovsky has to respond. Now, Vegas has done this before. They have chased goaltenders. This is the fifth time, or game two was the fifth time in 11 games that they had chased the starting goaltender from the game. But if you look back at that, let's go back to the Dallas series alone, okay? They chase... Um, they chase uh, uh, Jake Ottinger. Yeah, right in the four nothing <laughs> seven game minutes three. in. Right, he gives up the three goals in the first period. They, you know, he he's out of the game. That's it. Well, Dallas responded in that game with a three two overtime win, and Jake Ottinger made thirty seven saves on thirty nine shots. That was a bounce back performance. You know, and and. But didn't you say, like, Ottinger has a history of doing that? Like, this is something that he's done multiple times. Oh, he always bounces back after losses. But, like, so it was a bad performance. He bounced back from a bad performance. Now it's Bobrovsky's time to to bounce back from a bad performance. He got pulled. That's obviously – and rest should not be an issue. Fatigue should not be an issue. They had extended time off before this series. 20 minutes, 25 minutes. He's all right. I'm saying, yeah, they should – and they – like I said, they they had extended time off before this series. But – this will be a uh, big test for Bobrovsky and Florida, and this the series is on the line. That's it. The series is on the line tonight. If Florida is going to have a chance in this series, they have to win this game. They have to keep it low scoring. So I, I'm not going to take Florida, but I will take the under. Okay, because but you, you you do think they're correlated? I absolutely. I think that's the only. I think it's the only way that Florida wins is if it's low scoring. So why not sprinkle a little bit on that parlay? With you the, you could. Minus 120, minus 140? Yeah, or, parlay? yeah you could. Um, but I, I just think that, look, this is a chance this is a 2-2 overtime game. And then the Knights win. And yes. if the Knights win, I mean, Florida did their job. They kept it low scoring, and Vegas pulls away with the win. I'm more confident in the under than I am with Florida pulling away with victory because Vegas has. I'll be honest. Vegas it, has just gotten every bounce. I, I don't think they've gotten everybody. I think they're just way better. Like, is, are you not seeing it that way? And like, yeah, maybe I haven't watched, you know, expected goals, a hundred <laughs> hockey games this year, but I've, I've watched both of these two games and it's not been like in doubt who the better team is. Like the, the Knights are just better than especially them. game two. That was crazy. I, that was dominant. That fourth goal. And I, I don't know, man, it, it feels to me like, you know, we, we've we've talked about everyone expecting the Miami Heat to turn into to an eight seed all of a sudden, and you know, last last night certainly looked like an example of maybe they did. Game two looked like that for the Panthers. Like the Panthers in game one looked competitive; that the score was was not as close as the game was. Game two, the final score was probably closer than the actual game was, and it was what seven to two. Like it was a, a complete and utter smash job. It felt to me like that was the moment where the Panthers turned back into an mm-hmm. eight seed. Like it, they started to figure out, okay, what what we've done to get past some of these teams that are better than us in these playoffs isn't working here. And now, if we're just going to play straight up hockey with these guys, we're we're not as good as them. There's a reason why we were the eight seed. Yeah, but they they haven't been as good as any team that they've played in this postseason, and they, but their physicality has helped them. And they've played better. It, it, their, their physicality is, is useless in this series. But We've seen just, it so it's, far. It's, uh, it's also been Bobrovsky. Yeah. If you look at, if you look at all of their games this postseason, okay, they have only allowed more than three goals prior to the Stanley cup final. They only allowed more than three goals three times. And those three times were against the Boston Bruins. Two losses to the Bruins, 4-2 and 6-2, and then a 7-5 win over the Bruins in game in the game five. Other than that, in every game against the Maple Leafs, in every game against the Hurricanes, 
they had allowed three or fewer goals. Yet, five goals to Vegas in game one, seven goals to Vegas in game two. That is not, Florida's DNA is not to outscore you. Florida's DNA is to limit your scoring. And if they're not able to do that because Vegas is just doing too much offensively, they have no chance in this series. So that's why I think there is an absolute correlation to Florida and the under and to Vegas and the over. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ. It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. South Florida continues to take over as the sports capital of the world right now. The Miami Heat in the NBA Finals, the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Final. Heck, the Miami Marlins just keep winning. I think it's like six straight wins now for the Marlins. Uh, And now the latest news coming out of global football. That's what they call soccer, not in the United States, AJ. I've heard. Is that... I don't like that, by the way. Messi is coming to Miami. Yes, Leo Messi, arguably the greatest soccer player in the world. You mean the greatest global player football, global <laughs> football player yes. in the world, yeah. Is going to be playing for David Beckham's Inter Miami. Some would call it Miami. And it's a story that has shocked the, the world. Mac, I think you can talk to this, how uh, I don't think – this was expected. No. Right? Because he's he's leaving PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. Saint-Germain. <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain. Le Mans. You play a lot of FIFA, AJ? <laughs> no. Paris Saint-Germain. So he's leaving PSG. And was there, like, uh, I thought people were saying he was going to go back to Barcelona. Oh, Barcelona. Well, the, the, I thought the thing was he was going to go to Saudi Arabia. Exactly, yeah. Barcelona was in the cards. I think the expectation was that he would join or face uh, against Cristiano Ronaldo's team in Saudi Arabia. Oh, so he was joining Liv. Exactly. Yeah, like they were throwing a pile of money. And by all accounts, whatever Miami's offering from a financial standpoint is nowhere close to what this Al-Hilal Saudi Arabian team was offering. And the rumor was that there was going to be ownership stake. I haven't seen that reported. Well, that's what happened when when David Beckham came to the MLS. Part of the... Uh, agreement or allure of him coming to the MLS was that Major League Soccer gave him the option to become an owner at a discount. They said, hey, if you ever wanted to become an owner 
it will only cost you whatever it was, 25, 25. million, yep. whatever, to, to purchase a club. Only, only 25 million. As opposed Bargain. to. As opposed to what the regular... Now that they have Messi, it sure feels... Yeah. yeah, as opposed to what the regular expansion fees were going to be or whatever. And so Beckham was like, yeah, sure, I'd come play there. You know, that's, pretty good Beckham. That's pretty good Beckham, <laughs> yeah. And so he goes, plays for uh, LAFC, and eventually bought, uh, you know, an expansion team. It's Inter-Miami. Uh, great facilities, by the way, and that they have. We've seen the best of the best soccer players, Pele, famously. Terry New York Cosmos. But I don't think we've any we've ever seen someone so close to their peak. I mean, Messi just won the World Cup last year. Was playing pretty he's, well he's, in France. He's thirty five. No, he's not. He's he's but probably he's, the top uh, top ten player in the world versus a clear top two player in the world forever, if not the best. Uh, I, I liked Andre Iniesta, his teammate. Uh, but that, that's a, that's a contrary <laughs> opinion. Back in two thousand nine. But he's way closer to his best than Terry Henry or Pele was. It's going to be something that draws fans. This is going to be something I would personally travel a thousand miles to go see. You know, before I died, I saw Lionel Messi live. That's important to me. And, and you know what? You can. You don't have to travel anywhere. I mean, you'll you'll see him. Does Vegas what, have a team? Vegas no. lost out on the a lights. Team. No, Vegas <laughs> lost out on a team. So Vegas was in the running with San Diego to get an expansion team, and they voted, and San Diego won. So San Diego beat out Vegas. But we can go to LA. And we can see the Galaxy. Wait a minute. We can go see LAFC. We can go to wherever, you know. The, go down. Go, go see Messi play wherever. Does Oakland have a team? Can we just steal it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you have any teams? Yeah. You, later on? you got an MLS team we can take off your hands? No, but what I will say this. You're saying, yeah, we could just go to LAFC and see them. Everything that I've seen and all the people that I know who have MLS tickets live in either Austin or Houston. They've got season tickets. And they both just hosted Miami last year, so they're not on the schedule. So they're all disappointed because apparently yeah. around the MLS, uh, ticket prices are going up so way, way up. Messi's for these games. first game could be. It's not even announced yet. Like he, this could not be his first game. And he said <laughs> but, out loud, like, "Hey, this deal's not done." Yeah, <laughs> but but it's reported that his first game could be. July 21st, Inter-Miami hosts Cruz Azul. It's the League's Cup. Cruz Azul is a Mexican team, in case you didn't know. That means blue. Yes. Uh, and it'll be, is that the Mexican team, Cruz Azul? Or is it, um, yeah, I think they're a Mexican team, right? They're in the, what league? I forget which countries are Mexican. Mexico City. There you go. See, I got it right. I, knew, I, I know my Mexican <laughs> soccer. There's Pumas. There's Chivas. There's uh, uh, America. Club America. And they're hey. young boys. <laughs> Is that what a real team? I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah. Young okay. boys really. So <laughs> feels like the, a cool rap group. Earlier this week, the lowest ticket price was $29 for that game. After the messy announcement, $329. Wow. Damn. For the cheapest ticket. Inter Miami was 150 to 1 to win the MLS. Now they're 25 to 1. Wow. Big news in the MLS. Um, let's see. The road games that saw the biggest jump in prices. New York Red Bulls on August 26th, a 1,236% increase in ticket price. And from free to $10. Yeah. <laughs> and on September 3rd, LAFC, a 420% increase. So not as much as uh, Red Bull Arena. Yeesh. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 wild. Um they said, I think I saw something about the Inter Milan, um, excuse me, Inter Milan, Inter Miami social media accounts. The moment it was announced, they gained over a million followers. Wow. In, That's something. In the first 10 minutes. Okay. In it, the first, this is like Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> really? Like in the first 10 minutes of the announcement, Inter-Miami gained over a million followers on social media. Okay, well, on that note, I want to announce something right now. Cristiano Ronaldo will be joining straight out of Vegas <laughs> going forward. He's going to replace McKenzie. I'm down with it. And he's going to be part of the show. And uh, so just so you know, tell your friends. It's coming. All right. And, I, you know, he I'm going to just I'll speak for for my guy. I just call him Chris because we're close now. Uh, Chris says I call him Ronnie. I'm not ready to announce, but it's coming. Like just like Messi said yesterday, like it's nothing's official yet. But my future's in Miami. Chris says his future's here with straight out of Vegas AM. So just 
do with that what you will, Twitterverse. Do with that what you will. We have a doubleheader today in Major League Baseball because the Yankees game against the White Sox yesterday was postponed, as was the Phillies and Tigers. Oh, a little bit of bad air quality. Because of what? smoky air. Maple Leaf. Dodgers folks. playing it every game. No big deal. <laughs> Southern California air quality. They're, they're able to get through it. This was not Southern California smog. If you saw pictures. It looked apocalyptic. Honestly. Of what Yankee Stadium looked like yesterday. It, it looked like Mars. Like it really did. There was a red hue to the, to the sky. Yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, everyone's warning about unhealthy air conditions and, and people, you know, advising you to wear a mask and don't breathe in the, the smoky air or whatever. But these wildfires, uh, you know, the Canadian wildfires that are, you know, finding the, the, the weathers, the wind patterns that are carrying it down south into, you know, the New York metropolitan area, it's causing cancellations. I don't know why they canceled the WNBA game in Brooklyn. Um, it's indoors, right? indoors, yeah, but maybe you, you got to get there. Yeah, you got to get there, I guess. Uh, but the Yankee game against the White Sox was postponed. It'll be a double header today. Phillies and Tigers were postponed. They were both uh, off today. Now it's not an off day. Now they'll both play today and then head to uh, wherever they were headed to on Friday's schedule. So let's take a look at what we have today, and we'll start with that Yankees double header. Also, Yankees getting some good news as Carlos Rodon actually through a little bit of a uh, simulated simulated game, if you will. Took the mound at Yankee Stadium for the first time since being a Yankee, and he threw to hitters, and that was his next step in his rehab. And the Yankees could use him, and it just becomes a another— Oh, by the way, they, so yeah, he could pitch at Yankee Stadium practicing, but they couldn't play a game there. You know, it makes sense. Yeah. But he would be a big boost. You want to talk about making, like, a, a deadline trade— like that's like that is a deadline acquisition. It's making a trade without making a trade because he's a guy that you already had on your roster, and he comes back from injury. And if he pitches the form, and this guy was a Cy Young candidate the past couple of seasons, so Yankees and White Sox game one will feature Lance Lynn against Luis Severino, and the Yankees are minus one forty, and Severino is coming off an absolute disaster of a start against the Dodgers, where he allowed seven runs. On nine hits, six of those runs in the first inning. Mm, that's could, not good, right? I, I was wondering why they just left him in there. But he could not get out of the first inning. He gave up six runs in that first inning to the Dodgers. He only went four innings in that start. So he is looking for a big bounce back here today. The nightcap will feature Mike Clevenger against Randy Vasquez getting uh, the start for the Yankees. That's the game two of the doubleheader. Yankees are favored in that one as well, minus 170. Let's go to the day games that we have today. Dodgers and Reds, a 1235 Eastern time start from Cincinnati. Clayton Kershaw on the mound for the Dodgers. Graham Ashcraft for the Reds. So a pretty decent pitching matchup, but it is Cincinnati and it's these, uh, you know, good offenses in an over ballpark. We saw the total get posted at 11 yesterday, and it was an 8-6 final. Dodgers uh, or the Reds winning that one. Over. Over. 9-8. The Reds won game one of the series. So both of those games have gone over. The Reds called up their top prospect, by the way. Uh, Who hit a ball Ellie De La to the Cruz. And he hit a triple. I mean, this kid is, he had the fastest recorded triple in Major League Baseball this year. Fast as how? Like time to the back? Time from home, home plate to, third. to third. Faster than Corbin Carroll who of the Diamondbacks who had the uh, the the fastest time from home going to third on a triple. 10.83 seconds. My sister actually had the fastest time, but she went straight to third from home after she <laughs> She was so the wrong she, way. She ran yeah. the other way. Yeah. I think that's what she did in 9.4 seconds. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, but uh, Dela Cruz certainly had a, a fantastic debut, and, and his exit velo is like he had it, his exit velo was one hundred and fourteen point yep. eight, mm-hmm. which was the hardest hit ball by any Cincinnati Red since twenty nineteen, and the fourth hardest hit ball since they've been tracking since twenty fifteen for the Reds. Like that, Joey Votto. It's the second hardest hit ball by a batter for his first career home run. It's absurd. Like, Who was the first? Do we know? Jake Berger 
uh, July seventeenth of twenty twenty one. 115.2 miles per hour. 458 so, feet. Yeah. So this kid is a star, and uh, the Reds are looking for the sweep here of the Dodgers. Um, in Let's see. Uh, it is a getaway day for both teams. The Reds will head to St. Louis to take on the Cardinals for a game on Friday. The Dodgers will head to Philadelphia for a matchup against the Phillies. Get a getaway day, 1235 Eastern time starts. Kershaw, Ashcraft kind of lean towards the under, although it is Cincinnati. And as I mentioned, both games have gone way over in this series. Do- uh, Dodgers, by the way, minus 225. Diamondbacks are at the Nationals. Arizona's minus 150. Merrill Kelly gets the start. He goes against uh, Josiah Gray. The Twins are at the Rays. Rays walked off the Twins last night. A Randy Arozarena. Walk-off home run. Bailey Ober gets the start for the Twins. Rays haven't announced their opener just yet, but they will go with an opener. And Tampa is minus 170. Orioles are at the Brewers. Kyle Bradish gets the start for Baltimore. Colin Ray for the Brewers. Baltimore is minus 120 on the road. The Giants at the Rockies. Alex Cobb for San Francisco. They're minus 190. Chase Anderson gets the start for the Rockies. Tigers and Phillies in the makeup from yesterday. Zach Wheeler will start. Philly is minus 260. Tyler Holton looks like he's going to be the opener for the Tigers. So a bullpen day for the Tigers. Uh, again, this is was supposed to be an off day for both teams, but it is now a makeup from yesterday's game. Astros at the Blue Jays. Framber Valdez for Houston. Jose Barrios for Toronto. Houston's minus 130. Altuve back in the lineup last night. Didn't help as the Blue Jays beat the Astros 3-2. to two. But still, Altuve back in the lineup absolutely helps the Houston Bats. Red Sox at the Guardians. Aaron Savale gets the start for the Guardians. And Matt Dermotti. Made up person? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, maybe he's the opener. I don't know. He's only thrown one inning so far. Um, actually, no, not none this season. One inning last season he pitched. That was August 4th against St. Louis. He gave up two runs on two hits and one inning pitched. That is his 2022 stat line. Okay. In like a 27 ERA, something like that? That's an 18, 18 ERA. Two. Yes. Yes. Uh, he did pitch also um, in 2020, one inning in the majors where he struck out one, uh, didn't allow a run though. So zero ERA. And 23 games in 2017 where he threw 22 and a third innings. So as you can see, this isn't exactly a uh, normal pitcher no. for the Red Sox. Do you want to fade him? Yeah, I'd lean Guardians in this one. Mets well, are the at Guardians the, can't hit anybody. Yeah. Mets are at the Braves. Justin Verlander for the Mets. Spencer Strider for the A's. Here's my question. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. If you're the Mets, mm-hmm. let's say you're a Mets fan, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, we're going to have Scherzer and Verlander this yep. year. What are the chances that the night after Scherzer was a dog to Atlanta and got lit up by the Braves? Did he? Yeah. Five earned runs and five and two thirds. Yeah, Is that good? I mean, he went it, it came, 11 hits and five and two thirds. It, it came in like the fifth and sixth. Like he, he did get through the first four innings pretty unscathed. Oh, well, you won your first four inning bet then on him, right? <laughs> Actually, I, I, did first. It, I guess. Yeah, I guess Met, if you had Mets first five, you won. Okay. Mets were up Mets were up four to three at the end of five innings. All right. So I, I guess that you would say this was a quality outing for Scherzer? No. No. This was a quality start. He got lit up and he lost as an underdog. <laughs> but also if you had Mets first five in the first game of the series against the Braves, you won that also. Either Tell way, Mets fan th- over here. There's a, no, but there's a theme <laughs> yeah, here. Very there's, defensive. There's a theme here. The Mets have lost five straight games, and it's the bullpen that's blowing it. So I look at this game between, you know, Verlander and Strider. I see a total of eight and a half. I see Pete Alonso getting drilled in the wrist yesterday, which means he's probably not going to be in the lineup for this one today. I got to think first five under is the way to go here. Two elite pitchers. You're the, the best home run threat in the, in the National League, if not Major League Baseball, likely not in the lineup for the Mets. I go first five under. Well, th- my thought was, what are the odds that you would expect that, that Scherzer and Verlander would be underdogs on back-to-back nights at any Not, point this it, season? It's very rare. 
Uh, and it, I, I don't know, man. This Mets team just is not very good. Like, they're not... To be fair, the Braves are the World Series favorites. Sure, they're and the Braves are very good, but some, like Scott just said, they've lost five games in a row now. Like something's going on with this Mets team. Uh, Pete Alonso, by the way, after the game, after he got X-rays, he said that Charlie Morton got in touch with him to apologize. Well, that's for hitting him with the pitch. Imagine being able to get over plus one fifty with Justin Verlander. When's the last time you could get that? You think it's Spencer Strider, man? Oh, yeah. Spencer Strider. How many how many MVP trophies does Spencer Strider yeah. have? You know, like yeah. Justin Verlander used to be pretty good. He still is pretty good. That's why okay. we're going. That's why we're going first five under four two five ERA. Strider's got two point nine seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one final game: Cubs at the Angels. Uh, Drew Smiley for the Cubs. Reed Detmers for the Angels. LA is minus one thirty total of nine. Head on over to pregame.com where we have are you a- ending the show. What's that? Are you ending the show? Yeah, I'm going to tell people about the Canadian Are you going to talk promo. about uh, the Iron Sheik, his passing? Ah. Former World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion of the world, the Iron Sheik, who passed yesterday? Yes. Uh, Were you going to mention that? I, it's I, over. It, huh? it just honestly. You're such a mosquito dick, Scott. <laughs> is that an Iron yes. Sheik quote? Yeah. <laughs> I should fuck your ass and make you humble. <laughs> Is that something Iron that's Sheik that's an Iron Sheik quote I also? That, I, I would hope so. <laughs> uh, well, well, go ahead, give us the eulogy of Iron Sheik. Uh, just a, a a a guy who used to come on my radio show quite a bit. A funny guy. A a guy who was I would say irrever- irreverent. Mm-hmm. Like he he was he didn't care what was right or, or like what was PC. He was just gonna say what he said every time before we'd have him on the air. He would I would say. Sheik, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't say this. And he, he would say, okay, Bubba, whatever you say, you, you, you the real, I, 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 I'd be good. And then as soon as we get on, he would be talking about the things I just mentioned mm. uh, almost instantly. But so, he'll live on in your Twitter handle forever. He will. He, I, I, now it's an homage. So, uh, yeah, RIP to uh, to the Sheik. Former WWF champion. Uh, he is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Of course uh, he a, is. A legendary heel, which is, you know, the bad guy. Uh, he had battles against uh, Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. All right. And, um, and he was a tag team uh, champion as well with Nikolai Volkov. The uh, what were they? The, not the something powers. What, what were they called? The uh, I don't remember. What, I don't. I don't know that they were called. They I. I don't remember their tag team name. But they they were like uh, they feuded when Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, the Mega Powers, teamed up. Mm. Uh, they, they had some. They had several big feuds. So uh, that was a, uh, a a big time tag team as well. Yeah. Well, congratulations to them on their success. But now one's dead, so but no now, congratulations. Yeah, we we uh, we uh, we'll miss the Iron Sheik, um, a character that just wouldn't exist these days. Probably not. No, I mean the whole the whole thing was obviously in the '80s. We had, as a country in the United States, had the beef with Iran. And, oh, uh, well, we have none of that now. Everything's hunky dory. Yeah, you know there was a lot of uh, you know Middle Eastern propaganda, and the Iron Sheik, much like um, Adam Sandler's character on SNL, Iraqi Pete, you <laughs> yes. know, was a you know, car- car- caricature. Yes, you know? yeah, and um, had like you know had battles with Hogan because he was the real American Sergeant Slaughter. You know that, that's yeah. why. Yeah, so. Uh, and yes, he was a larger-than-life media figure after his wrestling days. Whether it was your radio show, whether he's the legend, Bubba. whether it was going on Howard Stern, uh, the Iron Sheik was certainly a popular, uh, popular figure. So we will miss him. Uh, but go to pregame.com, or else something the Iron Sheik said yeah. will do happen to you, <laughs> and take advantage of the discounts we're offering, including. Canadian football discounts. CFL begins this week, I believe tonight. Right tonight is the first games in the I think CFL. So, CFL music though. We got the no. Calgary Stampeders three point favorites over the BC Lions tonight, and then tomorrow, Friday night, we got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers five point favorites over Hamilton Tiger Cats, the Montreal Alouettes two and a half point favorites over the Ottawa Red Blacks, and the Edmonton Elks. Oh, they used to be the Eskimos. Mm-hmm. You can't say that anymore, but that's okay. Go ahead and say that racist thing you just said. Inuits. Yeah. (laughs) 
Against, What'd you call me? <laughs> against the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Rough Riders. Uh, the Elks are minus Urgh. two and a half. That's on Sunday. So we have one game tonight, one game Friday, one game Saturday, one game Sunday. Canadian Football League. I, You know who I've got? I, I don't recommend anyone follow my betting advice here. Alouettes are going to cover two and a half. Alouettes. I mean, and, and the handicap is... They're the best. They're better. Yeah, they're better. <laughs> the favorite to win the league is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, plus two twenty-five. I hate their name. I can't. I can't imagine like. Yeah, give me the Roughnecks over the Blue Bombers. Blue, Blue, Bomber. Blue Bombers are the champions. <laughs> their <laughs> hockey team is the Jets, and their football team is the Blue Bombers. I think that's cool. Is it synergy? Yeah. I think it's stupid. <laughs> well, you'd rather be an Argonaut from Toronto? No, that's the worst name. Maybe. What is an Argonaut? That's a made-up thing. Obviously. I mean, it's not an astronaut. It's in the sky, right? And so wouldn't, like, an Argonaut be uh, in the ground? I have no idea. In the ground? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, what does that mean? The Argonauts were a band of heroes in Greek mythology. There you go. I didn't know that. So it's a Greek mythological thing? In the years before the Trojan War, they accompanied Jason to Colossians. Jason and the Golden Fleece? Exactly. I remember that. I read that. Oh my gosh! Finish the promo code, please. <laughs> Get us out of here. Did a lot of I I I, used, I was good in okay. Greek listen, you're ed, you're educated. All right, hey, fancy boy, Achilles. <laughs> promo code. I don't know if CFL you know this. Mackenzie went to Yale, so you might want to stop swinging around your education. They date. didn't. They didn't study <laughs> fake stuff at Yale. They did real. Of course stuff. they did. You guys did some kind of mythology. There, there was like right? a fake department of fake <laughs> stuff, yeah. including Greek mythology. <laughs> Coupon code CFL. 50. Get your $50 off uh, a CFL offer. You have to go to pregame.com. You got to click on the buy packs, discounted packages. You can go to CFL uh, bundle offer. Fezzik, Goodfella, Stephen Norver, J.R. O'Donnell, Spartan. But here's what we're going to do for you because we love our listeners. I'm going to give you a free bet. Free. you lose? A free CFL bet. CFL 25 will get you a free CFL bet. Not just any CFL bet, a free CFL best bet. Hey, one, now. one that costs $25. You saw he, he used his lower Stephen A voice for that. He got real serious. Yeah, listen. <laughs> but you know what's any old bet. But you know what's you know what's the best part about this promo? Is that let's say Tell him. let's say you uh, uh, CFL25, pregame.com. Sign up, use that promo code. And you see a CFL bet out there that costs $20. You get it for free. And then you check your cart, you got five hours left over. Because it's not a, if you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. That's yours, 25 hours. Well, when, when, does, uh, bulk, when does that expire? Never. Okay. Is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? What's this whole pedestal thing? <laughs> For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Zettinger. We are straight out of Vegas AM.